Hello there and welcome to the second fa- Football Family Podcast, brought to you in association with Phoenix 98 FM, Brimbled and Billericay's local radio station. I'm your host, John Chubb, and with me are the stars of the show, Rob Lee and Ollie Lee. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, John. How are you, John? Yeah, all good, thanks. What have you been up to this week? I've had a busy week this week. It's been really good, actually. Um, Gillingham kindly invited me down for the last home game of the season, so... Uh, I got to walk uh, walk on the pitch with my little boy before kickoff and uh, clap the fans and get a nice send off. So it was a special moment for me and the family. Mum and dad came along, uh, my my wife and my little girl as well. So it was a it was a great day and it's one I'm very thankful for. Fantastic. And uh, what about yourself, Rob? Well, as as Ollie says, I joined him with uh, with my wife. So um, we had a nice meal before the game. They, they, they to be fair, Julian them were very very good and they, they have been since. Uh, since Ollie retired, really, haven't they? They've been, uh, yeah, been spot-on manager, the uh, the new owners and stuff. So, yeah, made us feel very, very welcome. Um, shame about the result, but um, they're not going down anyway, are they? No, exactly. It wasn't the best game in the world, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a great day for the family. And it, was, it was nice to, to do a little send-off and for me to say goodbye to the fans as well as them give me a... They gave me a great send-off, to be honest. It was a bit overwhelming. So it, it was a great day. Okay, because uh, Gillingham, I mean, they they had a pretty poor start to the season, but they they really turned things around, didn't they? Yeah, I think they're, they're one of the form teams now since January, since uh, since I retired. I think it must have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that was a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it must so, be. Uh, it must be. <laughs> no, since since the new owners come in, they got a bit of backing, and uh, yeah, the manager, the management team, they're really good to be honest. So they've uh, they managed to turn it round, and I think next season it'll be a, it'll be a good battle with uh, with Wrexham hopefully up the top, top of the league and see who can win it well they've got American owners as well haven't they so yeah. uh, not quite as famous as Wrexham's but no, not quite <laughs> not quite <laughs> battle of the, uh, the American owners next yeah year. exactly that yeah Neil Harris is uh, the Gillian manager Millwall legend uh, of course what was he like to work with uh, he was brilliant to be fair he's been like, like that touched on he's been excellent with me since going through what I've gone through with retirement and things like that he's, he's called me up checked I'm okay and he's um yeah, he's been really good. I think he, I, I couldn't, can't really speak highly enough of him for the way he's looked out for me. When maybe once you retired, you think you don't really need to, but he still checked up on me. Checked I was okay. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Nice. And Ollie, you popped back to another of your old clubs this week, Luton Town. They do, by the way, aren't they? You are visiting loads of clubs. Uh, no, you are visiting loads. I'm of getting clubs, myself about a minute. Yeah, like, like I said, I'm on my coaching journey now, so I'm trying to. Uh, go into clubs and see how different clubs work and how, how things are like. And yeah, I was very grateful to Luton for letting me go in for the day. Um, Rob Edwards, the manager there, was really impressive. Uh, let me, he gave me some time, chat to him in his office. He let me sit in on the uh, post-match debrief of the Middlesbrough game, uh, which was on TV. They won 2-1. Um, so little things like that. I just thought it was a really, really classy gesture of him and to, to look after me the way he did. And um, I, I, I think they're going to do it in the playoffs, to be honest. After going in there and seeing a few old faces, seeing the setup, the environment there, it was, like I said, it was really impressive. So I, I think they're going to be the team to beat in the playoffs. It would be amazing if they, if they get there. I, I was yeah. reading something the other day about somebody who, their back garden backs onto Luton's staircase, which goes up to their, to their away end. I've seen photos yeah. of yeah, that. It's, it's unreal. And they have to move their cars by 10am in the morning and... You know, imagine that you know the big boys coming down Newcastle and that coming down. I mean, God, I remember playing there twenty years ago. I think they beat us actually, but yeah, um, no one fancies it at the Kenny. Can oh, it's, it's a it's, tough it's, place it, to go. It was always <laughs> tough to go because because it's a tight little ground and you don't see them anymore. So um, you know, it's tough getting your coaching. It's it's tough on all the fans. But I, I must admit, I want to live. I want to live around there. <laughs> Not the nicest. <laughs> I don't though. care what view you're getting. I don't want to live around there. <laughs> no, but they, they've been flying and obviously. Uh, 
me and El were lucky enough to get promoted with them in League Two, and they they've just kicked on and kicked on and kicked on, and it's there seems to be no ceiling for what Luton can do at the minute. So from obviously they've got a close place in my heart as well. It's great for me as an outsider to to see how well it's done and to if they could get in the Premier League it'll be just an incredible incredible achievement for everyone involved as you say I, I, I agree I think they've got a great chance I mean they beat or just beat Middlesbrough haven't they beat Middlesbrough I think it's it? been them and Middlesbrough but they've just beaten Middlesbrough and so. at the minute it's Coventry and Millwall I think going into the last yeah. game so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who the six are but I don't think Luton won't fear anyone and I think they they were there last season as well so they've got the experience I think it'll um, I really do think they'll do it this year yeah, it would be quite amazing. You spent, what, three years there? Yeah, three years there I was. So we had a mid-table finish, a playoff finish, and then we got got promoted in the third season. Um, and then I left to go up to Scotland, actually. So it was a, it was a great experience. And I, I, honestly, I um, really, really enjoyed my time there. So I always, they're one of the first results I always look out for. So it is... Nice, nice club, Luke. Really good yeah, club, lovely, really lovely good club. club. Good people. Nice and they, they've still got, I think there's five or six of them still playing that were there from the League Two days. So... It's been brilliant that they can do it. There's there's a lad, Pelly Ruddock, who was actually there in the National League. So wow. he'd be the only player to go National League to Premier League with the same thing, which would be an amazing achievement. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's just a great great set of lads there, great staff. They've really got something good going there, and I just want them to keep the ball rolling and get over the line and get in the Premier League. OK, if it, I may throw in something myself here. Uh, obviously, the footballing highlight of the week was the uh, mighty Super Blues of Ipswich Town winning promotion <laughs> to the championship <laughs> after four years uh, in League One with a narrow 6-0 victory over Exeter City. Yeah, they've been amazing, haven't they? I think um, Kieran McKenna has been very, very good coach. He seemed to have adapted. I know it's his first managerial role, but he yeah. seems to have adapted to it brilliantly. And it's... Their team, free-flowing football. They've got excellent players, to be honest. They were, I actually saw Christian Walton, the goalkeeper, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, I played with him at Luton and was chatting to him about it. And he just said how good, how strong the side is. And obviously, from the outside, I was just like, yeah, you're going to get there. And he was he was quietly confident they were going to do it. And then to do it in the fashion that they did, to win 6-0 at home and blow teams away, that's what they were doing. There. But they've got some real talent in that dressing room. And I, I think it's a championship squad already. So... I I'd think next so. season it'll be exciting to be a tractor boy next season. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good club, isn't it? Proper you know, club. I remember playing against them years and years ago again, going down memory lane and playing down at Portman Road. And I was probably there, actually. The, <laughs> we would, no doubt we'd have won then, John. So uh, <laughs> I didn't often lose there. <laughs> but no, it was always a top club, you know. So it was, it was really horrible to see their demise when they went down to the, to the first division. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. That club that size shouldn't be there. Um, sometimes it's... Uh, Mismanagement, misrun. Uh, they seem to be run by proper people. Uh, got a great manager in, and and Ollie says we've got some very very good players now. So it's um, they'll, 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 they'll be, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big ask to go from the championship, from the first to the championship and championship to the prem. But I, I would, I think they'll be. Cool. I think they'll be. I think they'll be similar to uh, yeah. similar to what Sunderland have done this season, just outside the playoffs, because it's, it's similar clubs, similar stories. That once you get that giant rolling once you get the ball going with it, it it has that snowball effect and it it just keeps going and going and going and people want to be part of that and I think yeah I think Ipswich could be right up there next season yeah it's such a contrast to about five or six years ago the, play, you know, the stadium was half empty there'd been one poor managerial appointment after another uh, the team were doing I well I you just say one poor managerial appointment yeah. <laughs> I think there was quite yeah. a few yeah, there were quite a few I have to say yeah they didn't get it right yeah, and um, one or two of them are TV pundits there. <laughs> 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 Mentioned in no names. <coughs> <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, it's, it's such a contrast now. The, uh, the the new owners are really engaged with the fans and the CEO, you know, gets on the, the supporters' coach after away games and personally thanks the supporters. Um, like you say, they've, uh, they've appointed a fantastic manager. I, th- I think bringing in Kieran McKenna was, was yeah, uh, a real yeah. masterstroke. And, um, you know, I've, I've been up there for a few midweek games this season and it, it's just been fantastic to, to see the place you know, full and people, you know, with smiles on their faces. I think the ownership of the of the, um, the clubs, as we talked about Wrexham last week and Luton Town and, and, and Ipswich as well, once you get the ownership right, you've got, the clubs have got to start at the top. There's no point in having poor owners and keep, as you say, keep pointing bad managers and buying players that are not right for the club. You have to get it right from the top, first of all. Once you get it right from the top, they'll they'll appoint the right people, which, which they've been doing. And again, it's it's so important rather than uh, as I say keep keep appointing people that are not are not right for the club really and it's 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 great to see you know teams like Ipswich and, and Wrexham and, and people like that actually with good owners uh, getting promotion and going up the leagues. Yeah, I think I'm adamant. It's a, a culture and environment that you create, and it starts from the very top, and it works its way down, and it, it can work both ways. When it's bad, it goes all the way through the club, and when it's good, it goes all the way through the club, and you. If you can create that connection between fans, staff, players, everything, it's very hard to stop. It just keeps going, and people want to be part of something. And I think that, for me, is is the key to it all: is that people, everyone wants to be part of something. Everyone wants to be part of something special and say, "Yeah, I, I was there. I saw that. I was part of that. I did a small role." And that's the difference maker. And you see these clubs; they just they just keep going. Like we said, Wrexham every chance to keep going, Ipswich to keep going. Luton have kept going. It just happens. Yeah. It just it just is so I, hard I, to I, stop. I've always found it mad. Uh, uh, very very successful businessmen who earned lots and lots, millions and billions of pounds sometimes, actually just all of a sudden get a football club and their business acumen goes right out of the window. And, yep. and we're seeing it at Chelsea now. I mean, you know, yeah, billions crazy, billions yeah. of pounds, and and it just it just looks like sometimes they just. Instead of actually admitting, which is I think what the Wrexham guys do, instead of actually admitting, we don't know that much about it. So what we'll do, we'll get people in who do know about it. They try and run it themselves. They try and play football manager. And yeah, I can I can buy the players. These are the right players. But it's, sometimes it's not as it's not as straightforward as that. And I think um, if you're if you're a good owner, whether you know about football, whether you don't, you get people in that that know their jobs. You get good people in around you. So, I mean, there's no point in being uh, someone says there's no point in being the smartest man in the room. You've got to have the, the smartest people around you in the room. So, um, and I think owners sometimes, a lot of the times, uh, they, their egos take over, and they end up ruining the club. When, when, when I, you would, they don't mean to do it, but I think they, their naivety and of getting different, the wrong people in, just ruins the club and, and costs them a lot of money. I think it's it's a real skill as well to know what you're not so good yeah. at and what you need right I'm not great at this I need to employ someone to do this obviously Chelsea have not been great at buying the players or well, they've bought some brilliant players but then you can't have a squad of 35 and put them all together I mean yeah I, but obviously that, 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 the, the owner is obviously buying the players yeah exactly so he, like football manager there, there you go Pat, there, there you go, go Frank he's seeing the Get names and that. he's going yeah he's brilliant which he, he is a brilliant player but you need to fit within a manager's team or mm. to fit within a club's structure rather than just going bang 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 yeah here's all the players you go mm. and do something with it yeah. I think it's very like like it's football manager. It's very naive to think you can put them together. I mean, I saw I saw reports saying I think they had to extend their changing room to get everybody in and things like. 
straight away that should be a red flag that if there's not room for the players in the dressing room and Chelsea's going to have a big dressing yeah, room yeah it's going to be a big <laughs> dressing room <laughs> it's not going to be a little pokey dressing room is it so uh, and I think you, you know what it's like only 11 players can play only 7 what's it 9 can get on the bench now so yeah. the lads what the lads who are not even making the bench what are they going to be like I mean it was probably a bit easier in your day when it? it was only well no, in my, day, one, no in my day you played reserve team football yeah so well, that you, doesn't happen if now, you, does no, it no if you didn't get in the team you, you playing reserve team football either to keep yourself fit or if you come back from injury play reserve team football but they, they don't do it but did, did anyone have the mentality back then of like oh, I'm not playing in this well I don't have to do this well, yeah of course yeah, yeah. God, lo- loads of people yeah I mean especially when, you was, when I was a kid coming through in the in the, the 80s you know you played against senior players who were coming back from injury who were who were bombed out um, they had to play in the reserves I mean you can't force anyone <laughs> to play in the, in the there is no reserve team for one so these players if they've got 45 players only 20 of them can, they're not doing anything all week <laughs> they're training but they're not playing they might not play for 20, 30 weeks it's, it's yeah it can, eat, it can you know, they, happen, they, they'll, it? they'll be on hundreds of thousands of pounds you know they're, they're yeah. not even playing any games and I think it's I think it's mad how we don't have um, a reserve a, a reserve league you know I mean I don't know why they scrapped it I because these days it's under twenty ones and under twenty threes yeah. football outside but of the that, first but that's, team, that's, isn't that's, it? that's youth football. That's what it is, and that's yeah. why the, the and well, you're not why under twenty three players struggle to go into a, to a man's team, if you like. You know the yeah. I think the I think the transitions teams. harder, isn't it? Because you're not you've not experienced playing yeah. with them. Like I remember my this is even going back twelve years, but my first reserve team game. Paul Koncheski was playing and people like that who were established players so obviously it was still there wasn't as much a reserve thing as what it was back in your day but I still tell people oh, I played with Paul Koncheski and, that, and I played with certain players but you learn off these players that's, you, that's how you, you learn you pick up them things yeah. and I think if you don't have that it makes it a lot harder for you to transition so if you've played three, four weeks in a row with three first team players in your 21s team then you go and train with them all of a sudden you're like oh yeah he knows what I'm about he knows what I'm like I feel a bit more comfortable you can build your way in rather than it being us and them or you come in and flit in for half an hour and then you go back or you don't get a chance to build that continuity and build that team because you're not it's a completely new team although it's the same club it's a new team that you're going into and it's very difficult for young players to adapt to that I think yeah bring back reserve team football <laughs> it's all the best try to get people to play it that's the problem well, exactly. no, <laughs> people don't want to play it but they should, they should put it in their contract you have, to, you, have to, you have to play you have to play games you have to play a certain amount of games you have to play with the reserves and, and they're, they're, as you say when they're your best youngsters that are coming through then they're playing with so, so if the, the lot of people that when you've either got the right mentality to do it yeah, or you mentality. haven't so if you're a senior player coming through yeah okay I'll go and play because I'll teach the kids what to do if you haven't got that mentality and you're like, no, I ain't doing that, I ain't getting involved in all that, and then that's the difference having good senior players and having bad senior players and, and, and it upsetting the apple cart. So Yeah, definitely. And again, that, that's, that's your culture, isn't it? That's having the right people in the right places and everyone singing off the same hymn sheet. I know football's a game of 11 individuals making up a team. So everyone's got different personalities. You've touched on ego. Everyone's got an ego. How can we manage that? How do you sort of... What's the right word? How do you make the situation right? So I've seen your players going down to play reserve team football, but they're happy about doing mm. it because it's for this reason rather than being like, oh, yeah, you're not playing. There you go. Go over there. Go, go. You're yeah. demoted. Because that's, that's how it would feel like as a player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, never, never easy, but um, reserve team football. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting, starting, the, starting to come back. Come on. <laughs> Let's so, get it back in there. So on, on that, Bob, Think about when you started Albert Charlton, you're 16, 17 years old. 
and you start playing in the reserve team in, is it the football combination? Football combination, it? that's how old you are. Yes. Football <laughs> <laughs> It is old as you, Rob. I know. God. And, yeah. um, and then you sort of progress to playing in the old second division for Charlton, so 1983-84 time. I mean, it must have been quite a physical league in those very, days. Very, very physical. I mean, again, but you get used to it when you're playing, you know, when we're playing against... The other teams in the combination, they've all got senior players. So you get used to it. You know, in those days, you're allowed to look like the you know, elbows. and It was very, very physical. I mean, they, they won't, you won't get, first of all, you won't get away with it these, these days. And, and secondly, players would hate it. I mean, I remember one of my first games, I played against Portsmouth. I was only 18. Um, played at Fratton Park. And, and they had a corner. So Portsmouth had a corner. I was centre forward in those days. So I was also up the pitch and I had two people marking me. And I just remember someone shouting, Oi. And I turned round, and then someone, it was actually Billy Gilbert, who uh, smashed me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I went down, and, I, and I'm thinking, they've got a corner here, it's nothing. <laughs> and I think it was all, all those, I mean, some of the scary players in Portsmouth, they had, they had awful, I mean... So, was that Alan Ball's Portsmouth side? Yeah. So that, that was one of the dirtiest teams yeah, I can remember ever. Kennedy, Noel, Blake, yeah. uh, you know, say so Billy Gilbert... They had a, 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 a horrendously hard team, and yeah. they were so hard to play. But they, they were all—they were all over the. You know, every every team had two or three that would, you know, scare the living daylight. So even, even when, I, when I got a bit older, I played against Stuart Pearce. Yeah. You know, in those days, I was then I'd, be, I'd become a right winger because I didn't like it up front. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out the wing, and then all of a sudden against Stuart Pearce. So I was like, but again, first tackle came in, he he, he smashed you, and then yeah. he got the ref. Oh, that's my first one ref. You don't get a first one anymore, do you? It's no, that's you, knew, you knew these days if it was early, you'd, you'd ask me first one. Oh, yeah, okay, Stu. You know. So, <laughs> who was the uh, who was the hardest player you played against in that sense? Uh, there were some. There were some. Vinnie Jones was a yeah, as bad if as if you mean horrible you about, or yeah. hard. Do you know what I mean? There was there was there's a lad called Billy Whitehurst. Yes, I've heard of him. At, uh, he was like Newcastle centre forward, played for Hull. Uh, again, he was. You know, like, luckily enough, I weren't a defender, but. I looked at sometimes and he could play a little bit, but I tell you what, he could smash people. Right <laughs> the place. And it was like it was it was it was it happened though. So if you got an elbow in the face, you just people just got on and got on with it. And then again, Mick Arthur, we spoke about Mick. Yeah, we listened to the podcast with Mick the other day, and, and he was mm. hard as now was Mick, and he was again. Hor- I played against a Wimbledon, I played against a Derby. He was a horrible guy to play against. Again, but I didn't have to play too much yeah. against him. So that's so why it was great for me because obviously I know Mick well from Luton and I saw him yeah. last week. And he was actually like, "Oh yeah, they just want to talk about that. They didn't want to talk about the other stuff." And I, and it's brilliant. But I've never seen that side of Mick. Like I've had him as a coach really, and he was chief scout. I think his role was at Luton. Just lovely bloke. Like always looked out for me. Always looked out for L. Just the nicest guy you can meet. And then when you hear these stories in the. Uh, you showed me the celebration video, didn't it? When what team was that? They were playing against Watford. It was the uh, it was in a yeah, so Luton Watford a derby and um, they score and they Watford did a celebration. Score, and they done this um, B celebration, oh, like, like, dime fly celebration. Yeah, they were all, like, on, all, lying on, all the on their backs, and he just Mick just walked through them, just I mean, stamped through the middle of it, stamped all over them. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing was no one on that team did anything either. They were just like, yeah, okay, you, you, you could stamp on us, that's fine. I bet they looked up, saw it was Mick, and then <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Mick. That's what it's like. But honestly, the nicest bloke you could wish to meet. Like, he was, I just never saw that side of him, but what a legend. Uh, there, were, there were a lot about him. I remember John Fashion as well. He was the politest hard nut ever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so tell polite. that story. Then. So polite. You know, I remember Steve Howie was a young, young 
kid at, at um, Newcastle. Uh, not the brightest lad, but good player. Um, and I just remember we were at a corner and, he, and John, John Fashion just went to him. Stephen, he said, Stephen, he said, this is my area. He said, don't come in my area. I was I'll hurt you. <laughs> That's a very good impression. Yeah. <laughs> Steve out. Steve out. I was like, yeah, I'll wear, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Stephen, please don't come in my area. And the, and the, next, oh, the ball's come in and obviously... Steve Howe's got to challenge him. Next to me, I know he's on the floor. He's on the floor with an elbow in his face. I did tell you, Stephen. <laughs> Brilliant. Very polite. Very polite. What a nice guy. It's a gentleman in the game yeah, in those yeah. days. <laughs> right, should we talk Premier League football? Because there's been a couple of interesting games uh, this week. Liverpool-Tottenham, for a start. Another high-scoring game. Crazy game, crazy game. Obviously, we saw it at three 0 down, and we think, oh. Obviously, we spoke last week that we was at the Spurs Newcastle game as well, and it was a similar thing. And you're thinking, oh, not not again, surely. And then yeah. they show amazing character to get themselves back in three three, like brilliant. You're thinking, yes, great point. That's that's top work from that position at Anfield. And then the sucker punch, the the blow at last second, last kick of the game. Who? Jota probably shouldn't have been on the pitch after the uh, high tackle as well. Yeah, that was that was all right. Reckon? Yeah, <laughs> back in your day. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. There's a difference. See, for me, I, I listen. His foot was high, but he, he hasn't meant it. it no, he's not meant it at all. But it's, no. it's five foot in the air. Yeah, but in my day, that's not even a booking. Wow. I don't think that's even a booking. I, mean, I don't think it's a sending off. Listen, I understand if you're, you know, if you're Ryan Mason, then you're going to come. But I don't think that's a sending off. I, if I was in the VAR room, I wouldn't be looking at that again. That's it, why you're it, not in the VAR room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's, it's a yellow card. You flip foot side. He's not yeah, meant, I think it would be a harsh one, but it is him. very, very high. It's not yeah. one of those ones where Skip's put his head down towards his foot. His, his head is up. Yeah, I, listen, head. I saw Alan Shearer kick uh, Neil Lennon in the face off the pitch and yeah. nothing, nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. But yeah, but Jota obviously took his, took his goal brilliantly to be fair, like to do that with the last kick of the game, to have that composure back across the goalkeeper. Great finish. So it was a, a crazy game really, wasn't it? But I think that's a, a hammer blow for Spurs' uh, Champions League hopes. Yeah. And the day before that, uh, Crystal Palace versus West Ham was uh, another high-scoring game. Yeah, another very, very good good game. I, I think the high-scoring game is probably is a, the management are thinking it's not a great game because they're, they're conceding goals everywhere but nicking a few. Like, a bit like your Newcastle they're, they're, team. They're, they're, exciting, they're exciting games. I think I, 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 yeah. We missed them games, I think. You know, we had, we had Newcastle, we had loads of them, four threes and three alls and, and I think that's what fans miss. And I think you get them towards the end of the season but the start of the season, everyone, as I said many times before, they're all trying to stop you it's like chess how do we stop them how do we stop them getting goals yeah I think we can never come away that it's an entertainment business yeah. and that's that's how it should be I think like you said there is a lot of managers that set up to stifle and to mm. stop and listen I know why they do it because it's so much well, at stake and some people are jobs. very very good at it yeah, as well, and it's hard to set up that way and I've got an appreciation now of being a coach of setting up and being able to do that but it is an entertainment yes <laughs> and that is another thing as a coach I'd never want to come away from because I I would rather a be part of yeah. a four-three than a. I mean, I mean Spurs. For, for the, they've got some great attacking players, but they are a counter-attacking team. That, yeah, that's what they try to do. But you know, you got Harry Kane, you got Son, you got a lot of good players. I think, well, yeah, when all your strength is in the front line, then yeah. you should maybe so, just utilize it more. Exactly. Yeah. I just so yeah. I'm. I'm. A, I'm a, I, I like. I like the high-scoring games. I think. I mean, I think Palace have got some fantastic young talent. Yeah, their front lines. And, and listen, I think they're going to go through. Especially, you know, Roy's come back and done 
unbelievably well. I mean, yeah. you you think of what Roy? What is he? I don't know, 160. <laughs> <laughs> He's come back, and what's he won? Five out of six. Something like that, yeah. He's been you know, and you got, you got on, the, on the other end of the scale, you've got Frank Lampard, who I thought would be a good appointment until the end of the season, and he ain't won a game yet. Yeah. What do you think is the difference there, then? I think it's the players. I think all the players like Roy. Yeah. And I'm not sure the players like Frank, because if you like Frank, and I like Frank, and he's a nice guy, and I don't think he's a bad manager at all. I think the players have let him down massively. You Do you think that's just because there's too many in there? Like yeah, we spoke about too it. many in there. Yeah. And he can't get he can't get a relationship. And Roy had a relationship with these guys, yeah. so they know what he's like. You know, it's like I'd have thought Roy's like playing for Bobby Robson yeah. years ago. You like him, so you want to play well for him. I think the guys at uh, at Chelsea do they know Frank that well? Frank's a top class, been a world class player, but do they? Yeah. But he must gain that respect straight away, though, still from... Because they would... Well, be, obviously not. Because if you respected yeah. him, you wouldn't play like that for him. I wouldn't. And I, and I think that's... As you say, he, he's, he's got a lot of... He's had the same problems that Potter's had. Tens of players pushed upon you. Uh, all, in my opinion, all playing the same sort of position. How, yeah. do, I, how do I put these into a team? And, he's, and, he's, and he's, so it's not just... Frank, it's actually Potter as well. Yeah, well, he's I think a good brilliant. manager. I think Potter's He's a brilliant. very good coach. Not even he could get these the, all these players mm. into, a, into a... They'd have been better off not signing any of their players, bringing Lukaku back, and like, they'd have won more games. Yeah. Well, they could have lost, <laughs> lost more games. No, right? exactly. So they've they lost six out of six, haven't they? You they've got 500 million. Bring Lukaku back from on loan where he is in Milan. Yeah. Play him up front because he, on his day, if he's playing for someone that he likes and he respects, he's almost unstoppable. Yeah. And he's proven that in Italy as well. So they haven't got a centre forward. That's been a problem the whole time. And if you can't <laughs> score a goal, then you can't exactly. win games. So bring him, bring him. I don't know why you let him go in the first one. If you haven't got, if you've got cover for him and he's being a pain in the yeah. ass, then get rid. But they ain't got no cover for him. Yeah, All the players that, that, that they have bought, they haven't bought one centre forward. No, like one centre spent, forward. What was it, 105 million on Enzo Fernandez, a holding midfielder? Like, all due respect, a really good player. But that used to be the days you spent 100 million on a. Thirty yeah, goal, forty but goal. But can't you get Declan Rice for that? Yeah, who's proven in in our league? Yeah, I would agree. Well, and a better player, in, in my opinion. That, what, how much was Haaland to come over though? I think that, that's the difference that they're spending that sort of maybe double. Yeah, but the money if you're if you're set, yeah exactly if you're spending that sort of money, you have to get it right. And yeah. I don't think I think Tom, what's his Bobby, what's Todd his, Bowley, Todd Bowley coming in. It just it just seems to have gone right. I'm going to buy him. 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 Scattergun. Yeah, no and I'm going to give my coach all these players right now make them into a team because you've got the best player. well no best players don't always make the best team as, we, no. as we're, we're finding out yeah elsewhere in the Premier League uh, Leeds United still in desperate trouble at the wrong end of the table where they have got rid of Yavi Glacier who I think was only in charge for what 12, 13 games yeah I think so and uh, who's rocked up there Big Sam Allardyce <laughs> your old manager son yes Big Sam Allardyce yeah he's back for four, four games to save the day and I wouldn't be surprised if he got the job done to be honest would you I think you never put it past him he's got... Sam seems to be a guy that goes in again you do it my way or the highway for these four games that's what he'll be saying right this is how we're doing it he won't be playing attractive football, let me tell you that. No, no. <laughs> but he'll, he'll probably be playing effective football. Where Without he, doubt. All, he, all he's interested in is getting the results. He doesn't care how they play. He doesn't care if it's exciting or not exciting or, or the Leeds fans get on his back. All he's want to do is get the results. And I suppose that's all that matters at this point in the season, isn't yeah. it? And he'll, yeah. he'll walk away, if he does walk away, keeps them up. The interesting thing was that most of the clubs that Sam goes to, he keeps them up and then they don't, they don't re-employ him. Yeah. Now, that, that's obviously telling you that 
he's done his job, but can he do the job that we want him to do as a player attractive football? Yeah, he seems to be regarded as a, a, just a sort of temporary fix all the time. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and it's, it's, yeah. it's unfair on him, really. It's unfair on him because he, has, he is a he is a good manager. To me, he's, he's proven. He's done a brilliant to, job. To, yeah. Most places he's been. Yeah, really, yeah. Than, yeah, he was actually he was the one that released me at West Ham actually. But right. I still speak highly of him though, anyway, because he, I thought he'd done it in the right way. He was honest with me. He sat me down, gave me the respect I thought, and he said I was twenty twenty one at the time. Sat me down. and said, "I think you need to go and start your career." And that to me was brilliant although obviously it's hard to take at the time because I thought I was relatively close um, I've got respect for him because he was honest and he was straight with me and I think that's what he'll do with the players there he'll be honest he'll be straight if you're not doing it he'll tell you if you're not doing what he wants you won't play no. Yeah, there'll be but, no favourites and no you know, what, what name you've got and what you've done in the past with Sam it'll be if you're playing well, you're playing. He doesn't care about reputation. No, no, nothing. He? It'll be his way. Get and the he'll, job he'll go in and get. The, he'll have the respect straight away because he will. You know, he'll make it quite clear what he expects from the last four games, which is what you need at this stage. They've of the got season. tough games as well. Haven't they? I think they've got. I, I think it's Man City, Spurs, Newcastle, and I want to say West Ham. Wow. Not necessarily in that order, but I no. think that's the four. Is it? So it's a tough four. It's a, yeah, maybe you think Southampton. Are, Almost down, aren't they? I mean, Bournemouth. I think yeah. he's done. Gary O'Neill's done brilliant. Done, I, yeah, I thought incredible. they were. I've said all along. I thought they were in serious trouble, but he's been brilliant, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's been, been fantastic. He's, been he's another. I played with him at West Ham mm. as well. Actually, he was in the same the same team that year, and he was one. I, I didn't see him being a manager um, on that, but he's been amazing. Yeah. And he, I think he yeah. was working at Liverpool before, so he must have. Obviously, he's got fantastic experience playing and spent his whole career basically in the Prem, and he's he's found a way to transition to a coach brilliantly and I don't think yeah. he could have I don't think anyone could have come into Bournemouth and done a better job at that point yeah, than got, what Gary O'Neill's done got nearly as many points as Chelsea now haven't they yeah <laughs> they are, I think, no, I think I Chelsea got about two or three same. games in hand I think but yeah. they've got the same yeah. points so. he's got winning yeah. games in hand yeah no exactly <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea can't win anything at the minute so it's, um, but no I think, I think Southampton are, are in serious trouble yeah apart from them you know I mean Everton, I think even with Sean Dyche, I thought he would save him, but I mean they're running out of games. I just think it's it's so close down there, though, isn't it? It's going to be so yeah. exciting because I do think it's going to go to the last game of the season, and I think that'll be fantastic for us as neutrals to watch. That side. <laughs> I think if you're part of it, then yeah, it'll be a, a very stressful yeah. occasion to be part of. Yeah. So, but you both reckon that Sam's going to keep Leeds up? And they've got really tough games, but yeah, I just wouldn't put it past him. I think he's. Yeah. He's very. I, I was watching Sky Sports News earlier. Actually, and it was, I think it was four out of five jobs where he's come in after Christmas to keep him up. He's got the th- job done. Yeah, I think West Brom was West the Brom. only one. I think, I think they would. Yeah, I think that was a that was a lost cause anyway. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the the I greatest squad as it was. No. I think he'll be looking at Leeds squad. I think we've got some good players yeah. in there. We can shore it up. We've got some good attacking players. There's goals. If you could get Patrick Bamford firing for the last four games or Rodrigo coming in scoring goals, yeah. you just need that catalyst, someone to step up and be the man. And I think they've, they've been shipping so many goals. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that he'll he'll stop. And that's one thing that Sam Allison is very good at. Yeah, yeah. he'll stop them goals. If they can still score, then you know they've always got a chance I, I think he's got a great chance of keeping them up yeah and he is of course the greatest England manager of all time he, <laughs> never, he won every single game. game in charge never lost exactly a game that. okay <laughs> and it was only one of them but you know that's, that's beside the win point. to win 100% record <laughs> exactly so now we're going to talk uh, non-league because um, non-league uh, football's promotion and relegation issues uh, are being sorted out at the moment there's quite a few playoff matches going on and uh, one of those uh, it was the other night, and the ESPN Premier League Hornchurch played Avely. Yeah, gutted actually, gutted for him because I know I know the owner um, Alex Sharp really well. Nice, really nice guy. He's been playing 
a lot of money into Hornchurch. I know Mark Stimson really well, played with Mark at, um, at Newcastle as well, the manager. So we went to the playoff last year, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, they, they lost 1-0 again. Was it 1-0? One, 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 or it might be 2-1, but two, they lost it. So, so we stayed away. This Seven. We stayed away. This. Yeah, we thought we were the bad luck yeah. home, didn't we? So we stayed away. <laughs> so I thought we'd stay away and they, and they lose 1-0. So it's, it's, it's terrible because after what, you know, what happened to them last year, you think, oh, at least they're going to... It must be... That's a long wait again to get... To get up again, and they, especially they, after we mentioned about the, the terrible decision that was against them, like with yeah, four or five games done. We never seen a decision like it. The offside decision was ridiculous, but you can't put it all on that because obviously it goes over the. the but it's um, it was a massive blow for them. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's our local team, and it will. Yeah, I, I, I played for Hornchurch when I was fifteen. They tried to get me to sign. I, I signed for Cholton instead, but I was playing. I played a couple of first team games when I was fifteen for them, and. Uh, um, so um, and they're, they're our local team, so we still keep our, keep our eye on them. And obviously, knowing the owner and, and the manager, it's um, it's just a blow they didn't get up. Yeah, I think I think it's a great little club, isn't it? And they're trying to do things right, and they're trying to, like you said, Alex is trying to get them to the next level, which I think they're capable of doing. And unfortunately, this season wasn't the season. Football's a cruel old game, as we know at times. Sure. But um, the only thing you can do is bounce back, and that that's key to football. I think is being resilient and being deal with the pain of the defeat, and then use it as fire to come back and that desire to get yourselves up and challenging again next season hopefully get over the line third third time lucky <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe miss the playoffs this year that could be the plan <laughs> yeah well it's, it was nice for Avely though because that was actually their second promotion on the bounce they only came that, up from yeah. ESPN North last year yeah, so amazing amazing effort from them again I, I don't know much about their team and their management but incredible to, to do back to back at any level is, is an incredible feat and uh one they should be very proud. I mean, they've got a, a big season ahead there next year, and I'm sure there'll be a recruitment drive. But um, yeah, that's that's really really impressive work. Yeah, and they'll have a local derby against Chelmsford uh, next season one, because uh, last night Chelmsford uh, lost in the National League playoffs uh, against uh, St Albans, and um, I don't think there's a club with a worse record in playoffs. That was their tenth or eleventh playoff in the last twenty seasons, and they've lost every single one of them. Really? It's absolutely oh, God, I hope that doesn't happen to all church. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's two out of two for them, though. <laughs> so continuing with the theme of uh, non-league, uh, we're going to talk to somebody who until last week was a non-league footballer. <laughs> <laughs> but he isn't anymore. Not anymore. No, yeah, thankfully we've got brother on to uh, ask him our, our ten questions and, and get that going and see... Uh, See what his thoughts are. Talk a little bit about his um, his promotion, the parties, and what what what's been going on. So it should be a, it should be a good listen for all. Okay, we can hear that now. Right, so we've got L with us today. Finally got him on. He's he's stopped partying. How was your celebrations, L? Hello, brother. Um, yeah, unbelievable, mate. Still going on now. Still like ten days later, and, and still. Still going strong, and then off to Vegas in a few days' time. So. Yeah, it's, it's all right for some, isn't it? I know uh, me, me and Dad got to experience the day you got promoted up, and we spoke about it last week. What a great day that was! But you've been partying non-stop since. Yeah, non-stop. To be fair, man, I think it's been such a momentous occasion for everyone around Wrexham and that. There, it's been 15 years since they were back in the league, and for us to be the team that to do it, it's just a unbelievable feeling so uh, why not make the most of it too right and with a records points total I've just seen as well yeah we've broken a few records along the way I think the gaffer put it up on a board about because he hasn't mentioned it during the season at all about any records no one has really uh, 
and he just put up he put it up on a board in like an end of season meeting before the Torquay game and said like this is the amount of record you broke. I think there was like four or five like most points ever in the in the in, ever like in the football and most goals and my best goal difference or something like there was loads there was like four or five and it's just like it's just mad to look back and see like we didn't even realise that we'd done all that yeah that's amazing do you think it was obviously you know I like the psychology side of it and things. do you think it was really smart him not showing you any of that and not putting any pressure on you yeah definitely I think it come from the boys as well but it all starts with the gaffer like it was literally like we just win a game and it was like cool like on to the next one because we knew there was because we knew we had with Rex and there comes so much pressure because of the owners because of the circus the good circus around the club and we, we just knew there was so much more to there's so much bigger things at stake here than, than, than breaking records and literally after every win I'd probably say bar the Notts County game was the was the most we celebrated and even then the gaffer was like right put a lid on it there's still four or five games to go and I think that, that credit to him because he, he was been class all season like that yeah that's re- really intelligent management I think he, he's handled it well because I think you obviously were expected to get promotion, but the way you have done it and the way Notts County put the pressure on you and fair play to them, but you just kept ticking the games off, kept beating teams, got the job done, and it, yeah, it must have been a, some feeling of relief and excitement come the end of it. Yeah, I think that was it. I think a lot of the lads have said in, like, in like interviews afterwards, I know Moles has said it as well, but it's more like everyone's proud of how we dealt with it because like, when you are at Wrexham, there is a... There is a circus that comes with it. Everyone knows about the owners. Everyone knows about the cameras being there every day. And a lot of people want you to fail because they see that they're, obviously there's been, there's been money pumped into the club and lots of people want you to fail. And whenever we turn up to, to a stadium, like I say, an away game, there's that we sell them out. They they break records of their crowd. And and obviously when players, uh, say, aren't used to that, they, they it's like their FA Cup final. So we have to deal with that week in, week out as well. So I think everyone's just really proud and... I'm relieved we could get over the line and I'm really happy with how we dealt with it all season. Yeah, I think you've, you've been a credit to the club, to Wrexham. You've, you've done it brilliantly. And for speaking of you individually, that was the third promotion now, right? Yeah, third promotions. One, one with you, another one after you left from, league, from uh, league One and then now the National League. Mm. I need to win League Two. That's what I need to do. Yeah, you're, you're knocking them all down. We it's, came it's, second, didn't we? We yeah, came second. So yeah, I need we to was. Win that one. You need to win that and then uh, just the championship <laughs> to go. Yeah. No, there's some going though, that is, brother. Um, how do they compare? The three of them, how do they compare? Have you got a favourite one? Have you got. Talk to um, me. Yeah, to be honest, they're all special. Like, obviously, one getting promoted with you in League Two is unreal. and and even the League One season to go back to back, but this one, this one was kind of different in a way because of all the pressure. And for people that don't know, like the the, the town of Wrexham is just football mad. Like it's it's crazy. Like they fly the flag for North Wales. Like they're just football, football mad. And what the owners have done, I like, completely turned around the whole town, the whole community. And there was there was massive pressure on us from 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 inside the camp, from outside the camp, and so the so. This is probably the most special one because of the pressure I felt, obviously dropping down as well. And Yeah, you took a big risk, obviously, doing that, didn't you? And yeah, thankfully, it's paid expect- off. Yeah, and having that expectation along with a few other players that like we've dropped down, so there's there's pressure on our shoulders to do it and and just to be the, be part of the team that have, that have got Wrexham back in the Football League after 15 years is, is something special and something that, that no one can take away from us. So, yeah, I'd say probably this one is uh, right up there with the best, yeah. Correct. You put your names in the history books. That's what it's about. And uh, more importantly, you've got Vegas coming up, though, right? <laughs> yeah, Vegas in a few days for uh, for a long weekend. So um, that should be a nice way to, to cap off the celebrations. Yeah, it's all right for some. And uh, Ryan and Rob <laughs> going to show their faces? 
Yeah, I think uh, Rob, Rob's coming. I think with a few of his mates, but I think Ryan's too much of a superstar to uh, to turn up. He'll get he'll get hounded. So um, yeah, but Rob Rob's coming. I think. Uh, either way, it's going to be another amazing experience for all you boys. Yeah, no, it's incredible. It's, we knew that we knew that if we achieved it, like we, we'd get a little a little trip at the end, and uh, it's just like it's a nice way to, to cap off all the hard work that you've done and. And to celebrate together in, in obviously a place like Las Vegas is um yeah it's, it's going to be just uh, just more great memories really exactly that I think I think that's the dream for every footballer isn't it get a promotion and get to Vegas yeah the the hard work you put in throughout the season that maybe all the fans and things don't see and the stresses and the ups and downs that you need to let your hair down at the end of it and it's brilliant that the owners have supported you in that way and going to come and join you on it yeah no exactly it's not like. It's not like you just play the game and, and, and then you switch off when you go home. It's, it's a lot harder than that with football. So a lot of people don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes of all the team and, and the sleepless nights and, and, the, and the pressure that each individual faces every day and every game. So uh, to be able to let your hair down at the end of the season, knowing that you've you've all worked so hard for, for so long and all achieved what we wanted to is... Um, it's great, and, and yeah, it's just it's just a great way to to cap off an unbelievable season. Exactly that, and then kick on next season, ready to get promoted all over again. Yeah, let's hope so. I think that will that will be our aim. We're 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 confident we can be right up there. I'm sure the gaffer will, will add a few more uh, great additions to the squad, and yeah, we 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 are we are confident we can be right up there again. Yeah, I, I think obviously I started the season League Two. And just seeing, a, I've seen a bit of it. I think you would have won it this season, to be honest, if you had been in the league. So it'll be very interesting next season to see what the competition's like and uh, who's going to be up there. Because I'd, I'd be backing you boys to win it, to be honest. Yeah, of course. I think a lot of people said that about us and Notts County, to be fair. They reckon that both of us would be up there this season. So, um, yeah, it's nice to hear that. But obviously, it's, um, it's easier said than done. Correct. So. There's a lot of hard work in pre-season and like I said, a few more additions and, and players there would all start to improve as we're going up a level and yeah, hopefully hopefully another promotion. Yeah, I'm sure and we'll, we'll be having a close eye, I'm sure in the uh, weeks to come on the podcast we'll be talking about it a lot. But if you, um, if you weren't a footballer, what do you reckon you would have been? Um, either a... I think I'd be a worldwide famous guitarist. Or... <laughs> I know that's not the case. I've done it for <laughs> well, two months or something. I'd be a speedboat driver. Yeah, yeah that's I'd more like it. I could see. I'd be a speedboat driver. I could still see you doing that after your playing career. <laughs> yeah, I might. Yeah, get yourself to a warm country and driving a boat <laughs> around. Yeah, that could be me. Yeah, and so you're speaking about your guitar. Who's your favourite singer or your favourite band? Um, say at the minute. I'm a big fan of Lewis Capaldi at the minute. Yes. Because I like how he is off, 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 like, on social media and just how he is as a person as well. It's his personality, character, isn't it? I've just watched, yeah. uh, just been watching his film. It's brilliant. Yeah, he's a legend. He's yeah. class. What a guy. He's, um, he's a genius. I love what he's about. I've got a few more questions for you, and I've fired a lot of you already. Uh, who's your funniest teammate? Now. Ever. Ever. Funniest teammate. Anyone ever. spring to mind? I'd have to say the Monka. I knew George he was going to say that. <laughs> I knew he yeah. was going to come up. Anyone who's come across him in football, just I think most people would say that just because the way he is, his his personality, his character, he's just he's just hilarious to be around. Yeah, he's a legend, and I saw he uh, he got promoted to Leighton Orient, didn't he, the other week? And I saw him running around the pitch with just his pants on. So yeah, with just his slips on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's some boy. I'm fat. <laughs> 
Yeah, he is some boy. And uh, what's your favourite film? My favourite film is a film called The Guardian with Ashton Kutcher and Kevin Costner. Yeah, I knew you would say that. So yeah. are you going to say favourite actor? You're not going to say your owners, are you? <laughs> no, my, my favourite actor. My favourite actor. That's a tough one. Who do I like? I'll go with someone like... I'll go comedy way. I'll go Will Ferrell, who obviously I got to meet earlier in the season as well. So yeah, actually, talking about that, you've got to meet a few legends this year, haven't you? Yeah, I got Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd as well. So yeah, it's, it's not bad. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a few more in LA for pre-season as well. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And I've just seen a fixture with LA Galaxy as well. Was that right? Yeah, another one confirmed of LA Galaxy. I don't know if it's their resis or something. It says like two at the end, so I don't know if, if it's the first team or not. But yeah, we got them United. Chelsea, so uh, be chasing shadows in pre-season, but we'll be having a laugh there. Cool, it'll be great shadows to chase, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a few more for you. Who's the best player you've played against? Might played be a different against. answer after you play Man U and Chelsea in pre-season. Yeah, best player, played <laughs> best player you played against. I'm going to say... I'll say one for like, when I made my debut at Old Trafford, it might, it'd have to be like... Cool, really, just drop that one in, yep, nice. Yeah. But then, I'll, do you know what? I'll say another more like realistic one. When I was at Luton, I played QPR, and Eze was a joke. Yeah. He ran rings around me. Yeah, I do like Eze. He's a proper footballer, yeah. isn't he? He ran rings around me. Proper footballer. And then the rest was just the whole Man United team on your debut, was it? Yeah, probably just like goals, gigs, you know. It's just Yeah, just a few of them. Just a few uh, <laughs> Premier League legends. I like it. it. Here's one for you. It's been very positive. What's your worst moment on a football pitch? Worst memory on a football pitch? Tough question. Um, I'll probably say this. I reckon there's two, and I'd say losing to Blackpool in the playoffs for Oxford just because it was just crap. We got battered. Yeah, they were great. They were good. They got promoted though that year, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, your Oxford team was good as well. Yeah, and then I'd say. Towards the end of my Charlton loan, where obviously I love playing for Charlton because of dad and that, and, and we were just getting abused by the fans walking off the pitch. That was that was a low point. Yeah, see, this is the side I think people don't see, and then I, I like talking about it is the the hardship and the people that they don't realise what kind of effect it has on you and how much the players care when you when you are playing oh, for these teams, uh, yeah. especially teams like Charlton, which obviously meant so much to us and so much to our family that. It hits you hard and it, it it stays with you. No, exactly. I remember when I signed with John, I was absolutely buzzing because obviously how much it Yeah, it's amazing. But then I remember after a few games, like it was under Nigel Adkins at the time and things weren't going well like, straight away. So I'd only been there probably five, ten games and we got beat 4-1 by Bolton at home and got abused coming off the pitch. And I remember coming home to like mum, dad and hey, I was like, we're just, just letting everyone down. Like, and I was just, so down and then we did pick up after that but then we picked up and then it went downhill again because towards the end of the season under Johnny Jackson then we got to get abused again so it was a yeah a tough one yeah it's, it's not easy being a professional footballer no certainly not and um, what was a couple more for you the best player you played with you don't have to say me honestly we don't have to do that <laughs> uh, best player I've played with would probably have to be I may drop another one, Dimitri Payet. Oh, yeah, he was all right, wasn't he? He was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't bad. 
Yeah. And last question for you, what's your favourite meal? Favourite meal? These are all the questions that Dad loves, by the way. He doesn't want the football ones. He wants the, what's your favourite <laughs> meal and stuff. Favourite meal? Do you know what? My favourite meal is probably like a Chinese on a Saturday night after a game. Nice, hard-earned Chinese. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I like it. Well, brilliant. Thanks very much for your time, Al. Really Top appreciate it. And enjoy Vegas. Cheers, mate. Ta-da. Great chat there, uh, Ollie, with your brother, Elliot. Um, not to be prawn crackers, I hope, in the Chinese, because uh, calories... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be watching that. Well, he won't have to watch them now. He's got the job done. <laughs> Absolutely. What a I, season. I can't believe he didn't say I wasn't his best player. playing the garden with him loads of time. <laughs> <laughs> and he picks Dimitri Pye out, you know. That's outrageous. It's a good decision. Good decision. <laughs> and what a season he's had with Wrexham. It's been amazing, really. It's been amazing. It was a big... Uh, I think we discussed before, it's, it was a big call for him to go down to the National League. Um, but he just... He fancied, he, he fancied what, what Phil Parkinson was telling him and, and how they've got, they got this um, their plan, their big plan for what, how Wrexham was going to do it. And, and so far, so so good. It's been, a, it's been the right decision for him. He's, he's happy on the pitch and he's happy off the pitch. And so um, it's been uh, it's very good. Yeah, it's been brilliant for him. I think it's great he, he touches on the pressures of football there, which maybe, like I said, people that don't get to see and they don't, because he did, he was, a few of them have gone down there as League One players, really. So, Straight away, there's there's a mark on your name, and you've got to be the, you've got to be the best player every week, and you've got to do that, and you've got to get them promoted. And all credit to them that they got they got the job done. I think it's um it's been a real real good achievement, and probably only the first step on the ladder for them going up. But um, how did you used to deal with the pressure of it all, and you're expected to win like at Newcastle and the big clubs? Do you know what? I, I, I think it's different times now. We we just I, I we never had social media for one, which is I definitely think it's makes a, a difference. Blow. Yeah. For footballers and and so if we played badly, not that I did play badly that many times. But <laughs> 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 if you if you did, you, you got a little bit of abuse, you know, coming off the pitch, and that was it. Then nothing else yeah. until your next game. And if you play well, then it's all forgotten. So That's it. the worst you get was a little rating in the, the paper or something, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've never they never ever watched the games anyway. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, you know, I, yeah, I, spoke, I knew so many reporters that they don't go to games. So they all look after you, of course. Yeah, Probably yeah. nine out of ten. <laughs> if I ever got below, if I ever got below a seven, I'll be ringing them up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so the social media side of it, the, the, the fact that fans can get to you however they want to get to you yeah 24-7 yeah if we didn't play well we, just, we, we didn't go out we, we stayed in until the next game and we inevitably played well and it's yeah. all, the one, that one's all, all forgotten isn't it so it's, I uh, think it's a lot simpler being like that I think it'd be a lot easier for players to deal with because obviously now like you said they get so many messages on Twitter yeah, they have, they have no, also they have no private life really yeah, I mean, we used impossible. to be able to go out and, and have a meal and well, we spoke about it last week didn't we you used to going out Monday or Tuesday nights and things like that like, yeah, it yeah can't happen for the players now because no, they'll take photos of you and even if you're out with family you know we used to have people coming up to us when we could take news out for something to eat and that but that, that was that was no. There's no photos. There's no pictures being snapped of you. Yeah, whatever happens is straight on the internet for everyone yeah, to see. Yeah, oh, so, he's yeah, in this exactly, state. He's yeah. doing this. So or I, in those days, I could tell. I could tell your mum where where I was, and uh, she wouldn't know if I was there or not. So, <laughs> <laughs> much easier. Guys around Tino and Spriers. I'll be towering. I mean, I mean, having a coffee at Bezzy's. So. <laughs> <laughs> you said about those player ratings. Uh, I lo- know a local newspaper reporter actually who covers a, a particular club and uh, lower league club, and uh, he used to do those player ratings, and they'd be published in the paper. 
every Monday. And he actually had players contacting him if they didn't agree with what he did with yeah, yeah, <laughs> stop doing the mini It's, it's, amazing, it's, it's mad reason. because it's a load of old... If, if you score a goal, I guarantee you'll get at least an eight. Do you know what I mean? You could be the worst. I've seen Alan yeah. Shearer have absolute stinker uh, and get a goal with one deal. Obviously, he's star man. Yeah, and even we're we're all in the paper. We're just laughing at him, and even 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 he's laughing because he he knows how bad he was. I think he had a hernia operation straight after. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just things like that have never bothered me really. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think you know when you play well, and you know when you don't play well. And I think people, some of the reporters don't know football. They just don't go to the games. They they all who who assisted that. Uh, you know the highlights of the game. Who, yeah, who really was involved fight, in the yeah. highlights? He scored the winning goal, man of the match. Exactly. It, yeah, yeah. Who like made the goal for him? I'll give him. A, yeah, I'll give him an eight. But actually, his teammates will know that they're, they're probably the worst players on the pitch. And <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. I'm not sure you, you're, you're still allowed to rate people. Are you still? Can you still do that? Is that I, I don't know if it's exactly. still good. Well, yeah, it will go. It will go on online that they'll rate people everywhere. And that's the thing. Before it'd been one paper that would say it and no one would be that bothered anyway whereas now it's different websites different blogs different podcasts everyone going no yeah. he's no good he's not yeah. that everyone's got an opinion on football which is great yeah. Yeah. but it's also when you're the person that everyone's judging it's very hard and I think that's where the players at the top level I think they, they deserve all they get look at Harry Maguire for instance the, the grief that he's getting obviously an excellent player having a tough time but yeah. He's getting it from every angle across the globe. It's not you would have had it in Newcastle and you're getting grief in Newcastle. Yeah. That he's got the whole world's eyes on him. Every performance, every, every everybody plays badly at some stage. You know what I mean, they they, they do. You, you can be a good player and you're going through a bad patch because of confidence, because the team's not playing well. Something's going on at home. Nobody knows. You know what I mean? It's not all of a sudden become a bad player. He's exactly still the England centre half. No um, one knows what's going on. No, and they don't. And it's, it's all these keyboard. Uh, warriors, warriors, warriors that yeah, that that the ones that if you actually they met Harry Maguire in the street, they'd say, "Oh, Harry, you okay? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You played really well. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. a, it's a joke. But. What um, I know you said you didn't play badly ever, but on the off chance you did, what did you do to try and get your form back or find a way to deal with that? No, I, yeah, I, at Charlton, I had, I had, a, I had a, a couple of periods where I didn't play very well at all, and, it, and, it, and it's it's really difficult. I mean, all you can do is go back in the train and. and keep trying to play but it's once your confidence goes I don't care how good a player you are it's it goes uh, and at whatever level you play at it, it's very very difficult and usually a lot of the time it's your teammates that help you because you might not play well next game but you win and then next game you might play a little bit better yeah, and you can not as well as all the other bit. players but yeah. you win and then you all of a sudden you might play play well the next game, and all of a sudden your confidence is back because your team is winning. So sometimes I think you have to rely on your teammates to. Bell you I, out mean, a I remember Kevin King saying to me, "I was always similar where you are when I was a kid. If you if I didn't play well, especially with Charlton, when you, in those days there was only one sub. You know, if you didn't play well, it seemed to me whenever I didn't play well, the youngster gets dropped out, and I was the youngster in the Charlton team. So if you didn't play well, you were dropped. And I remember Kevin King saying to me when I went to there, I was 26, and he just said, "Look." He told me a story about Johan Cruyff and Johan Nieskins, and the youngsters won't know who they were, but they were two Dutch legendary players. And, that, and he said that Johan Cruyff went to Johan Nieskins, I'm not playing well today, he said, so I'll leave it to you, I'll get the ball and I'll give it to you. And, he said, and, next, week, and next week, I might be playing well. And that's what Keegan said. He said, if you're not playing as well as David Ginola, give him the ball, let him win the game for us. And next week, you'll be the main man. So it's, if you get that mentality of, of can't play well every game, but if you're not playing well, yeah. you can still run. You can still work hard. So I, if I wasn't playing that well, I mean, if some of the balls going, I'd 
get the ball and I give it two yards to David. Yeah. And if he's playing well, then, you're right. me, then I'm, that's I'm okay. Right. Things like that, I think it's simplicity is genius, isn't it? He's done that. He's gave you the mentality. So you know mm. you've got that sort of safety. You know, oh, oh, no, I'm not having a bag. I'm right. No. I work really hard. And it's not, it's not the fact that it's, if, you're, if you don't play well for one game, it's going to drop you. Yeah. I'm not dropping well, that's what so many players feel. I know I did throughout my career. Mm. You, you're playing games where you, I'm just trying to stay in the team next week. Mm. So I'm not going to try the pass that I see. Or I'm not going to have the shot that I think because I'm just trying to do enough to stay in the team again next week. Mm. But that, that's, that's, that's a mistake. And that, that's without come, a doubt. come from the manager. So listen, I'm not. If, if you have five or six in a row. Yeah, then it's a conversation to have without a shadow of a doubt. As a player, I think there's so much fear in football of making mistakes, things going wrong, that you need a manager to alleviate that for you and let you play with three. I think think Alan Shearer, before Euro 96, hadn't scored for 12 games for England. And, you know, people did doubt him whether he was going to go to. And and then Terry Venables, he told me Terry Venables pulled him even a month before. He said, You're going to be my main centre forward. Brilliant. And he got, I haven't scored for 12, but you're going to be my main centre forward. And he ended up being the top scorer in the Euros. And just imagine how Terry Venables has made him feel there. Yeah. Straight away, he would have so got shoulders all, back. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah, and that's exactly how he was. Exactly how he was. And he went on to be, you know, look at, be the cover 15 million, be the top scorer in the Euros and, and almost won it for England. Yeah, amazing. All from Terry Venables' chat. All from a little chat like that. <laughs> see, son? All the see, you've been a coach. You've got to remember the all these things. Correct. I talk sense sometimes, me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end on a, uh, a non-football league note. This week, because uh, this weekend you're doing something at the Shenfield Cricket Club. I yeah, believe. Shenfield Cricket Club. They're uh, running a, a fun day for the kids out of, out of the Shenfield area, really St Mary's School, things like that. So we're setting up our League Football Academy there. So for all the kids to come down and we're going to set a few penalty competitions, shooting competitions, have a few games. Just should be a real fun day for all the family with, with the bank holiday coming up and hopefully the weather will be nice. So we'll all be down, all our family will be down there helping out and it'll be a, hopefully a great, great day for all the kids, kids to try out some football and learn some new skills, hopefully. Great stuff. I'll uh, put something on our website, phoenixfm.com. Just plug it out of it. So uh, keep it out for that. Brilliant. Nice one, John. Perfect. No worries. So uh, another podcast has come to an end. Um, it can't be going that badly because uh, you've offered to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mind. We're, we're quite happy chatting, yeah, we're chatting about football and, and, and stuff and, and at times I played well and the one it. time you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. We'll see you again next time. Um, for now, Rob Lee, Ollie Lee, thank you. Thank, thank you very you. much.